Bobby Rio here, and have I got a special program for you. Some of you may have already seen that I recently released a special report called the Small Talk Tactics Report at MakeSmallTalkSexy.com. The report talks all about how to take your small talk and make it fun, playful, and engaging. Because as much as some of the gurus out there like to tell you that you need to completely avoid small talk, any of you that have been in the field talking to women or anywhere talking to women know that it's literally impossible to avoid small talk completely. So why not make the best of it? And in this report, I show you exactly how to take your small talk and turn it into something that can actually attract a woman rather than bore her silly. You can download a free copy right now at makesmalltalksexy.com. So for five years now, I've been teaching guys and working with them on how to get better with women, how to attract more women into their life, how to grow a social circle, how to create a lifestyle that they really want to be living. And what I found is that it always comes back to conversation skills. Some of you may want to jump past this and go right into the 10-second attraction techniques or how to have threesomes or, or following the latest phase and craze of what the various gurus out there are teaching. But sooner or later, you'll realize that it all revolves around conversation. Conversation is key. So, with all the information available on attraction, why do guys continue to struggle? So in this program today, I'm going to talk about why you might be struggling. I'm going to talk about why you need to figure this out sooner rather than later. I'm going to talk about some of the lessons I personally learned over the years during my struggle to figure this out, some of the big mistakes you might be making, and then I'm going to tell you the first steps that you need to take in order to really improve your conversations with women. So why do guys struggle? Well, as I said, I've been working with guys for the past five years, and there are really three main reasons that guys seem to struggle with conversations. The first being they can't bring themselves to even open a girl. The second is they quickly lose steam after opening a conversation. And the third is they can't move the conversation to a sexual level, which means they basically hit a plateau in their conversations and can't go any further than that. And they wind up giving up or just moving on to another girl or getting stuck in the friend zone. The first big problem is actually just getting yourself to talk to a woman, just getting yourself to walk over and actually open a conversation, start a conversation. And there are two big reasons why most guys don't do this. A lot of people think that it's fear of rejection that actually prevents you from, from opening a woman, but it's not. At least in most of the cases that I've worked with and even in myself, it's not necessarily that you're scared of the girl rejecting you or throwing a drink in your face or laughing at you. It seems that what you more than likely are scared of is that you're not going to know what to say. You're not going to know how to progress the conversation once you initially say hello or if you use an opinion opener. You might be scared that once that conversation dries up, you're not going to have anything else to say. Or you might be scared of just completely running out of things to say and hitting those awkward silences. I know for me, that was always my biggest fear was that I would start talking to a girl and right in the middle of the conversation, 
there would be like those birds chirping and neither one of us would be saying anything and I'd be like looking at her waiting for her to talk and she'd be waiting for me to talk and then eventually one of us would say well I have to use the bathroom and leave and to me that was the biggest fear like that it was such a fear because it it sort of admitted to myself that I had failed you know if you don't approach you can't fail and when you approach and then you hit that running out of things to same moment it's almost like you're acknowledging the unsaid that you're not good at this and it's sometimes it's easier to avoid it than to acknowledge it and a lot of the second reason is guys lose steam after opening and what happens with that is they start talking to them it's going good and then slowly they start to lose steam and what happens when they do that is normally they go into interview mode, right? So they start the conversation off. You might go in and you use like my favorite, the drunk I love you opener, where you say something like, hey, you know, I need to get your opinion on something. Do drunk I love you's count? And then the girls, of course, get really into it because most of them have been in the situation where a guy has said, I love you when they're drunk. So now you start talking and everything's fun. But then you sense that like that, that thread of drunk I love you's is dying down. And now it kind of slowly, slowly dissipates. And then all of a sudden you're at the point where you can't really talk about that anymore. And then you just say, so, um, what do you do for a living? And then next thing you know, you're in that boring conversation mode. And everything that you had worked for to start the conversation off with the fun opener, it just falls apart. And there's reasons this happened, which I'm going to talk about later on and how to avoid that. But I think that the biggest problem that a lot of guys face is they can't take the conversation to a sexual level and the reason I say this is because if your goal and your intention in a conversation is to attract a woman to find some woman to have sex with or at least to fool around with a little bit you need to bring the conversation to a sexual level so even if you do have a great conversation and you're talking and everything's flowing if you don't move it to a level where she's going to start looking at you in like a horny kind of way rather than just a friendly kind of way. Nothing's going to happen. I can clearly remember a time that I experienced this firsthand and it was awful. This one time my friend's girlfriend invited me and my roommate over to her apartment to hang out with her roommates. Apparently they had been like begging her to bring some cock around. It started off really good. We all sort of just connected immediately, drinking a lot of ton of tequila just going down and my one friend Hank quickly pairs off with another one of the roommates this blonde named Heather so my friend and his girlfriend eventually go back to their room and do what boyfriend and girlfriends do and it left me with this girl Anne-Marie a thick but extremely kind of sexy Italian chick I figured I was in like Flynn but much like the story I told in the small talk tactics report I went overboard on rapport you know, it turned out that we actually did have a bucket load in common. I mean, bands, movies, books, you name it, and we had it in common. It was actually getting ridiculous because we sat there. It was like one of those, like, you like that too? I can't believe it, you know? And we're both just sitting there going, oh, you know, thinking it's great, everything is going good. But what happened is the conversation was like the Energizer fucking bunny. It just kept going and going and going. Finally, at about 5 in the morning, as the sun was coming up, she asked me to take a ride with her to get a pack of cigarettes. So now I'm like, okay, the whole time in the car, I'm thinking, all right, I'll make my move as soon as we get back to her place. This is a nice little break. I can finally make my move. But the minute we get back, she says, I'm going to bed, walks in her room, and brings me a cover to sleep on the couch. 
See, there's a moment that a girl becomes attracted to you as you're talking to her. At some point, Anne-Marie had probably felt that moment with me. But if you don't adjust your game close to that point and you don't escalate the conversation right around that point where you can just see the look in her eyes where she's like, this guy could possibly be making me horny. You're going to lose her every time. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. Now, this is something that you need to figure out for yourself as well because everything you learn on the internet or at a seminar or listening to a CD, everything you learn about creating attraction in a woman or sex or any of that is useless if you don't know how to talk to a woman. And the reason it's useless is because it cannot be faked. Everything else can be faked. Social proof can be faked. Fashion, image, body language can be faked. Attitude can be faked. But once you start talking, you reveal everything. So, you know, let's say you learn inner game and you learn uh, a few routines to use or you learn, um, you know, how to stand in a way that makes a woman see you as alpha. If you can't talk to a girl, eventually you have to open up your mouth and start talking to her. And if you can't do that in a way that lets her know, like, within 30 seconds of talking to her, with this guy's cool, this guy's socially intelligent, this guy gets it, you're going to lose her. And everything else that you have faked previously goes out the window. I mean, we've all seen this firsthand. The guy that's standing in the corner and he's got, like, the cool clothes on and he's got that, like, cocky look on his face and name brand shit. And then you see him open his mouth and he starts talking to a girl and like you just know immediately that he it was all a joke. It was all an image and that he's got no game and the woman knows immediately that he's got no game. And even if the guy's good looking and like anybody that tells you that women don't give good looking guys the benefit of the doubt is lying. Women will totally give a guy the benefit of the doubt for a little bit if he's good looking and he's got a lot of things going on. But if he starts talking to a woman and he's got no game, she eventually catches on. And no matter how good looking he is, unless she's just completely horny or just in he's like exactly her type physically, she's she's gonna she's gonna just walk away. She's not gonna deal with it. This is why I stress learning this so much, because I think a lot of you 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 have in the back of your mind, well, if I work out enough or if I go tanning enough, or if I make enough money, or if I make the right friends, or if I become a movie star, or a musician, or something, I don't have to take care of this area of my life, you know? I know I used to think that. I used to, it was like my biggest motivation was to avoid accepting the fact that I sucked at conversation skills, so I put all my focus in other things. But eventually, you come to the realization that if I don't figure this out, if I don't know how to talk to a woman and not even just talk to a woman if I don't know how to talk to people because you know to be successful in any area of life you need to be able to talk to people in general in a way that kind of creates rapport with them makes them feel at home around you makes them open up to you makes you you feel comfortable opening up to them with a woman you want to talk to her in a way that creates attraction that gets her thinking sexual thoughts about you if you can't do this Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter. I mean, you you know that there's rich guys out there who are lonely as hell. They're ordering 
Russian mail-order brides because they can't talk to women. And you think that's a joke. You think, like, you see these Russian mail-order bride sites and stuff. There's guys actually doing this. There's guys actually doing this. You know, they're they're buying mail-order brides because they don't know how to talk to a woman. So you really want to figure this out. And I hopefully in the rest of this program today, I can give you some tips for helping you figure it out. Because not only does helping you figure this out, help you get more girls and, you know, make your conversations better with women, but it also improves every area of your life. If you can learn how to talk to women, you're going to get a confidence in yourself, in your ability to talk. That's going to translate throughout all areas of your life. It's going to mean more friends. It's going to mean more money. I mean, before I got into uh, the whole dating, seduction, pickup, kind of scene. I was a real estate agent and I was absolutely freaking horrible at it, you know? I had read a ton of books on sales and I was like young and I had a suit and I had, you know, the car that that was the right kind of car to drive and I knew all the objections and the closes and everything that like, you know, you get taught when you're a realtor. And I just fucking blew. I could not sell a house for my life depended on me. And the reason I couldn't do it was because I just couldn't have that small talk with my clients that made them kind of feel comfortable with me and open up to me that other guys can. The guy, John Riley was his name. He was like the king realtor making probably like $300,000 a year. And there was nothing. It was a short, scrappy kind of guy. But he could just freaking talk. You know, you put him in the room with anybody and he could talk, and it worked out well for him, you know, he was, he was kicking ass, and here I was thinking, like, ah, I was a college graduate, I was this, I was that, and I just could not make a friggin' sale, so the other reason is not only will you make more money, but you make connections, and connections to me are, like, the ultimate thing in life, because by making more friends and more connections, it opens your life up to an entirely new experience, I mean, I I can remember now, like, Probably like three years ago, I was watching Entourage, and it was like the episode of Entourage where Johnny Drama gets kicked out of the Playboy Mansion with Pauly Shore and Ralph Macchio, and I remember watching that episode going, God, I want to go to the Playboy Mansion so bad. I just like, my dream at that point in life was like, if I can go to the Playboy Mansion, I know that I've made it. Well, last year, I went to the Playboy Mansion, partied, and actually almost got kicked out, just like Johnny Drama, but... The point I'm telling you that is is that that happened through connections. It happened because I've worked on improving my ability to communicate with people. I started because of women. I wanted to get better at talking to women. But as I worked on this, you actually wind up making a lot more friends. And not even just friends like that you're going to talk to on a day-to-day basis. But you just make friends that, that kind of stay in your life. And even if you only talk to them occasionally... When you do see them again, you can kind of connect back to where you were almost instantly. And that friendship has led me to invites to the Playboy Mansion. It's led me to have kind of a life that I didn't really think was possible in terms of of people that I know. I mean, I can go to anywhere in the world right now and have somebody that wants to meet me for a drink. And I'm not saying this to brag or to impress you. I'm saying this because... I'm a guy who, in high school, coming out of, you know, going into college, and even the first couple of years of college, I'm a guy who could barely talk to anybody. So I'm just saying that to let you know that if I could change, you can change. And I'm about to tell you a little bit about how I kind of discovered 
some of the big realizations that helped me change. And I think that by by hearing that, some of it will be able to help you as well. So like I said earlier, for me, it wasn't just being shy around women. I was naturally shy, period. I was like the ultimate introvert growing up. It wasn't just women. It was anybody. Anybody outside of my comfort zone, like my close circle of friends, I was just not able to engage in a conversation outside of like the worst type of small talk like hey how's the weather good you know like that was as comfortable as I can get around people now as I got to college I began to fake it a little bit better because you know I was in a fraternity and kind of had a an image around campus that allowed me to bring more people inside my social circle so like my social circle kind of grew and I had more people I felt comfortable with and I had a ton of freaking alcohol that you know sort of drowned out that shyness but what happened is that even though even though I was able to have girls around and make friends with girls and have girls like come into my house because I happened to live in in a house that invited girls over frequently it always ended badly you know it always ended with girls asking me what was wrong. You know, I was like a typical, like, what's wrong? Because, you know, I, I wasn't talking as much as my friends. I was being overshadowed by them. And they would say, what's wrong? And, like, my common answer was, I'm tired. You know, like, I was always, I'm tired. And so, you know, I started to think that maybe I actually am just tired. And that's like, I started going out and pounding rip fuels. You know, I don't know if you guys remember rip fuels back in, uh, back when they had ephedra in them, which gave you, the, like, that ultimate caffeine high and, you know, it'd get you talking a little bit more, but you'd be rambling like a fucking idiot, you know, especially when you mix it with a little bit of alcohol. Yeah, I, I was talking, but what I was saying was not making a lick of sense, you know. Uh, I could remember one particular time I was at one of my friend's girlfriend's sorority house, and she was throwing this, like, small little get-together, and I looked around, and I felt good because, by my estimation, I was the coolest guy there. So I did what I did best back then. I acted like that cool, mysterious guy who was a little too preoccupied with himself to bother overly socializing with the girls at the party. And sure enough, I was standing in a corner talking to one of my friends, and this short, punkish, but incredibly cute girl comes walking right up to me, sort of stands on her tippy toes looking all cute, and leans in and kisses me on the lips. She then proceeds to tell me how she was watching me from across the room, and she thought I was adorable. My friend casually slips away, giving me like the big thumbs up. But the minute I was alone in the corner with her, my mind just went blank. It was like a struggle to even get the most ordinary conversation to come out of my mouth. She asked me a few questions and I sort of like mumbled and grunted my answers trying to quickly gather up something that would like be witty and capture her attention. Finally, I blurred out my clever line. So what's your major? Girl had just walked over completely unprovoked kiss me on the lips, tells me I'm adorable, and the only freaking thing I can think to say is, what's your major? Well, after a few more minutes of like that boring small talk mixed with uncomfortable pauses and me stuck in my head, sipping my beer, trying to divert the attention away from the fact that I was desperately searching for what to say next, she says, I'm going to go use the bathroom. And she did not come back. <laughs> I don't think I have to explain to you how painful it is to lose a girl who's practically throwing herself at you, but this was my reality for a very long time. Now, I was always the kind of guy who was into like self-development and self-improvement, so I, was, I, I got pretty convinced that I had to take care of this, and I tried to teach myself this. I went out and bought a ton of books on like self-confidence because that was the first thing I, I believed I needed was I, I believed I needed self-confidence. So I did like the visualizations of me 
talking to women. And then I did, you know, I used to even buy like those self-hypnosis type tapes. I tried everything. Everything that you could possibly imagine I tried in regards to try to beat this area of my life and nothing worked even after i found the like seduction community and i read a bunch of books on how to pick up women it still didn't work because i realized what it was is i was really focused on what to say like that was always my biggest thing it's like what to say anytime one of my friends hooked up with a girl it was like what did you say to her you know and i wanted like a blow by blow description of what he said and i used to like browse the forums trying to find field reports so I can read exactly what the guy said and then you go out and you try to recreate what other people say and it never works because it's just not you saying it and what I kind of finally realized as I was watching one of my friends who's just always been really good with women is that it really wasn't what he was saying because as I sat there listening to him you know he wasn't saying shit that that like I couldn't have said like there was nothing there that like his brain was able to compose and my brain wasn't able to compose but what he was doing was he was having this like fun flowing conversation that started off one way but it kept moving along almost like when you're watching a a, a movie and the movie just moves along and you can see a movie escalating the whole time you're watching well that's how his conversation was going so now i became kind of like how do i have this flowing conversation the next and final realization that I had was I was I spent some time studying in Spain and I was out there and there was one guy this guy uh, Tim who was just incredible with the Spanish girls and he didn't speak a word of Spanish you know I mean he spoke I shouldn't say he didn't sp- speak a word he spoke more than I did but his his Spanish was like he wasn't fluent in Spanish he was just like some kid from Milwaukee that was just had like that very fundamental basic Spanish but he was able to flirt with these girls and get these spanish girls attracted to him and spanish girls aren't easy to attract they're not like you know uh, some some other countries that might not be so difficult girls in spain are freaking prudes man like they're not easy they don't fall over backwards for american guys these girls are tough and this guy was able to 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 get attraction from them pretty easily and that's when I realized that like it's small talk that counts, you know? That's all this guy was able to do was have small talk. I mean, he couldn't get into deep philosophical questions. He was just making the very basic small talk, but he was doing it in a way that created attraction. And if you read the small talk tactics report at makesmalltalksexy.com, you'll kind of get an idea of what I meant about how to take small talk and twist it around a little bit to make it sexy. Now, I'm not going to get into making small talk sexy right now because I, I wrote a whole report on that. So you can just download that report, makesmalltalksexy.com. What I want to talk about instead is the fundamentals of good conversations. I want to talk about what makes a conversation itself good, what you need to do during a conversation to to kind of take it from that boring type normal everyday conversation to a sexy conversation and I also want to show you you know kind of go over the mistakes that you might be making and I'm sure you're probably making a few of these because they're they're very common and they're very easy to fix and I think by just going over some of these big mistakes 
and showing you different tweaks, you'll be able to immediately see an increase in the success of your conversations. So let's get into some of the big mistakes and we'll start with some of the fundamentals, some of like the little tweaks that you want to definitely make sure that you fix if, if you notice that these might be some of the problems you're having. The first is something that actually changed my conversations dramatically, and that's the 90-10 rule for beginning a conversation. Now, for those of you who never heard of the 90-10 rule, it means that when you start a conversation with someone, whether it be a girl or anyone, if you're the one starting the conversation, you need to be prepared to insert 90% of everything that's said during the first 10 minutes of the conversation. And the reason this is is because you've started the conversation. When you walk up to a girl, you've had that like 10 minutes in your mind to to get yourself warmed up and prepare and you walked over to her and maybe you knew your opener and you had a few things you wanted to say and you were you were ready to talk but the woman that you go to talk to she's not always ready for a conversation so when you walk up to her and you say hey how you doing blah 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 and you start talking and you start just asking her questions right away you're more than likely going to get short answers because she's not like in talkative mode yet to somebody she doesn't know. And what happens is a lot of guys, and me, I used to do this insanely large amount when I started going out and approaching a lot of women, was I took that for disinterest. So when a woman was giving me these short answers, I immediately thought, ah, she's probably not into me, I'm doing something wrong. And I tried to get her to talk more, and it would always fail. And what I learned is that by this 90-10 rule is that you got to be prepared. When so when you go in in the first 10 minutes and you're talking to a woman and you're asking her questions, you're better off making the questions rhetorical. If you're going to say something like, oh, so where did you grow up? If you ask that question on its own, he says, so where did you grow up? She's more than likely to go, oh, I, I grew up in this town called Bloomfield. So now, you know, she, she, she's not expanding on it. So what, what you're better off doing is saying like, so where did you grow up? See, I, I grew up in this town, uh in Upper Montclair, it was like the best town, or, you know, have some story ready for whatever you're asking her, like have, before you even give her a chance to answer the question, kind of ask it rhetorically as a way for you to bring into what you're going to say, because it's going to take a little while of her, for her to get her like talkative juices flowing, think about yourself, think about when you're like standing in line at ShopRite, and the person in front of you turns to you and says, oh, did you see the Yankee game this, this afternoon? And even if you saw the Yankee game, you're like, yeah, yeah, it was a good game. And then the conversation dies unless the other person continues it because you weren't ready for somebody to start talking to you. So you want to keep that in mind. That's like one of the most fundamental rules of a conversation that it took me a really long time to learn is that the 90-10 rule. The second mistake a lot of guys make is that they go into a conversation with a completely different energy level than the person that they're going to talk to. So if you're going to talk to a woman, you want to make sure that your energy level is just maybe like 5%, 10% higher than hers, but you want to be really close. Like so if a girl's sitting there very casually relaxed with a couple of her friends, you don't want to go into the conversation in a super high energy uh, mode. If you watch the TV show The Pickup Artist last season, the, the winner Simeon had this problem a lot is he was like super high energy and he would go into a set really high energy and it just kind of weirds the people out if your like energy level is that much higher than theirs but the same goes if your energy level is a lot lower than theirs so if like a girl's in a bar and now she's kind of in a high energy level 
talking to her friends, having a good time, and you come in and you're like super laid back guy, it just throws off the whole dynamic of the conversation. And it's really hard to develop a rapport at that point because you're just not matched with the same energy level. So that's something you want to keep in mind. You want to keep in mind that just pay attention to where she's at in terms of energy level and try to match it. The next mistake, speaking of rapport, and also probably one of the hardest lessons for me to learn, a lesson that took me a really long time, is that most of you are not assuming rapport. Now what I mean by that is when you start talking to somebody that you may not have met or maybe like the first time you're meeting them or or the second time you're meeting them, you talk to them as if it's the first time or the second time you're meeting them, which seems intuitive. You know, it seems like naturally what you would do is always pace yourself to where you are in the structure of the interaction. But that's not the way that you develop rapport quickly. What you want to do is you want to jump right into rapport. So like even if you're just meeting somebody for the first time, you want to jump in as if you've known them forever. And this is especially true with women. Like when you start talking to a girl for the first time, you don't need to be in that mode of like this is the first time I'm talking to her and I have to act this certain way type of mode. You can go twist it around, mentally put yourself in this is my girlfriend of three years mode and talk to her that way. Talk to her in like the way of like, I've been fucking this girl for a month and she's all up on my dick. Like talk to her in that, that with that mindset. Like that's the way the relationship is. And what you find is that when you jump into rapport like that, the girl follows along. But when you set up from the beginning, like we have a weird, awkward relationship because this is the first time we're, we're meeting She's going to follow that. It's up to you to dictate where you want to be. And I have a friend, Jake, who I used to always be amazed at how quickly he was able to develop rapport with people. I could never understand how, I mean, like, just to give myself as an example real quick before I tell the Jake story, to counter, you know, to show two sides of it. For me, let's say I, I was at a job and I had like four or five coworkers and I might work with those people for a month before I kind of took it down to the next level of intimacy. So like, you know, you first get a job and you're in very formal, formal mode with them. And then after a month, I would drop it down to another level of intimacy. And then after like another month, I would start lowering it to another level of intimacy. Then by like the sixth month, I'd finally be comfortable with them where I'd be like maybe inviting them out and, you know, talking about you know, normal stuff you talk to with people that you're comfortable with. Now, my friend Jake, I would introduce him to these people that I had been working with for like four months and was still on like a very, very uh, formal level with. And he was able to quickly act as if he's known them forever. And I used to, it used to frustrate the hell out of me. I, I used to think for a while, I thought like, wait a minute, these, why do these people like, like my friend who they just met better than me who they've known for four months and instead of paying attention to what Jake was doing I just took it out on him and stopped inviting him around people I knew because he was always stealing the chicks away from me but then finally like when I actually really got serious about this and I was like you know what instead of avoiding guys that have better game than me I gotta learn from them and pay attention to them and what I learned was that Jake would go right into rapport with people so even if it was the first time he was meeting them within like 
10 minutes of talking to them, he'd be like, yeah, we got to go skiing together sometime. And, you know, if the person mentioned they like a band, he'd be like, oh, I went to see them. I, I saw Dave Matthews last summer and I got so fucking drunk. Yo, next time he's in the, he comes to Giant Stadium, we got to go together. And I'm thinking like, you just met these people and you're already inviting yourself to go out with them and hang out. And I realized that like by assuming rapport with these people now, yeah, he never followed up and was like, yeah, let's go make plans. But by saying that, he he he, he took that intimacy level like four notches. So like where it took me four months to drop four notches of intimacy, he would drop it in, in one day. So now the next time he met these people, he was able to go into super intimate mode because he had, he had not, right from the beginning, notched down the intimacy. And that's by assuming rapport. Now, I'm going to be putting out a video shortly about the idea of rapport and go really into rapport. But for right now, I want you to know that you just want to assume it from the beginning. You don't want to wait for rapport. You want to assume rapport. The next big mistake that I see a lot of guys making, and once again, I'm not you know saying I see a lot of guys or a lot of you guys making it. I'm saying it because it's everything I'm talking about is mistakes I made and still make. Even when you get good at this stuff, you still have to constantly remind yourself certain things. And this mistake is getting hung up on the idea of transitioning. I know you've probably all been there where you're sitting in the middle of a conversation with a girl and you're talking to her and you're stuck on a topic, whether it be, you know, she's telling you about her job or you're talking about, you know, your your favorite music, and you're just kind of like, how do I move this conversation to a different level? And you keep waiting for the perfect opportunity to transition, and you're looking for like a gap in the conversation or something she says that allows you to smoothly transition to something you want to talk about. Here's the thing. There are no smooth transitions, but there are very forgiving transitions what I mean by that is there's never going to be that perfect opportunity. I shouldn't say never. There are times where something she says will totally trigger you to move into what you wanted to say. But if you wait for that, it, it's blind luck. You may never get to, to, to move the conversation where you want it to go. What you're better off doing is, and when I say that transitions aren't smooth, is you don't have to make it smooth. Just go right into what you want to talk about. She will not, she will not like, 30 seconds later, she won't be thinking, oh my God, that guy just totally changed the subject. I just want to give an example of a, a way you can use this. And I've told this story before, but it's really a great example. And once again, it involves the drunk I love you opener, which I keep that in my back pocket because I found it remarkably well. And it's something that I'm really curious about because I've, I've had situations where girls have said it to me and I never knew how to react to it afterwards. But the point is, is that I was at this place, a little bit of an upscale um, bar with one of my buddies. And we meet these two women. And when I say women, I mean women. They were probably late 30s, early 40s, real done up like high class, like everything fake titty, you know, husbands probably paid for everything. Now they're divorced and they're looking to have a good time kind of women. And we start talking to them and it's like really obvious right away that these women have been out of the game for a while and they don't know how to have a conversation. And they, they right away start going, so where are you guys from? What are you guys doing? And we're like really quickly caught in this really awfully boring small talk. And I'm sitting there going, if we want to turn this into something, I got to change this quick. So the girl start, turns to me and she starts, so what college did you go to? And I go, 
Hold on. Before I answer that question, you got to answer something for me. Do drunk I love yous count? Because me and my friend have just been talking about this for 20 minutes, and I'm trying to... And she says, what? You know, she's kind of caught off guard, and I explained to her how... So one of our buddies uh, said I love you to a girl the other night. He's drunk. He didn't mean it, and now he doesn't know if he should, like, explain to her that he didn't mean it. And the woman that we were talking to, both of them, they immediately jump on it, and they're, like, really into it. And they start talking to us about how... She's like, oh, my God, that happened to me once. So then we change the subject, and we start talking about, does, does it account when I say I love you during really good sex, you know? So now... She's saying, well, if it's really good sex and you say I love you, then it doesn't count, but maybe you meant... So, like, the point is is that within 20 seconds, we went from what college did you go to, what do you do for a living, to does does I love you count, does saying I love you count when you're in the middle of really good sex? And you can bet that the conversation just kept escalating up from there, and it wound up being a very good night for me and my friend. And had either one of us waited for the opportunity to turn it sexual or to ask something more of an emotional question, had we waited for that opportunity, we never would have found it because the girls weren't going to give it to us. They weren't, they weren't trained at this. So we took it. And that's really what you need to do when it comes to changing the subject. You just change it. No transitions. No smooth transitions. Get that out of your head. Stop waiting for smooth transitions and just change the fucking subject. If she's not talking about something you want to talk about, just change it. If you really hate the idea of cutting her off and just changing it without saying it, say, hey, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's change the subject. Especially if she's talking about something that is like a buzzkill, you know, if she's talking about her fucking dead aunt or, or you know, how much she hates her ex-boyfriend. Just say, you know what, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's talk about something else. And more than likely, she'll get the point and follow along with you. So yes, keep that in mind. No transitions. Another common fundamental mistake guys make is the idea of asking questions. Now questions, specifically open-ended questions that elicit like an emotional response from people are good. You know, they work. They're how you get her talking about things she likes to talk about. But when it comes to just general conversations, just asking questions is almost insecure and you're almost putting the burden on her, you know, to do the talking. Like you're just, you're taking the, the chicken shit way out of it by saying, so what was your favorite this? Or what did you like most about this? And now you're like, you're putting all the conversation burden on her instead of you taking responsibility for leading it. You're letting her lead the interaction. Instead, what you want to do is you want to make statements. So like instead of if you want to find something out about her, instead of saying, so what kind of music do you like? Make a statement like, I take you as the kind of girl who likes hip hop. You just have that hip hop vibe to you. And she'll at that point say, oh my God, no, I don't. Or yes, I do. Yes, I love hip hop. But by doing that, you've kind of directed it. Like you've injected your personality into it and you're not seeking approval. If you just said, so what kind of music do you like? You're kind of like like seeking rapport. But by making a statement and saying, oh, you, I totally take you as this kind of person, you're saying, this is who I am and I'm not afraid to exert my opinion into this conversation. And you want to do that as much as you can. Don't always say, uh, you know, like a lot of times people are talking about vacations, you know. People say, ask her what her favorite vacation was. Well, you can do that. You can say, oh, what was your favorite vacation? Or you can tell her, about your favorite vacation and, and get her to respond that way. Like, say, you know, instead of saying, 
where did you like to go? And, oh my god, I like that too. You just say, last year I went down to Brazil and had the most amazing time. It was like being in a whole entire different world. You got off the plane and you're like, where the fuck am I? And you go on a street and there's like people playing the bongo drums everywhere you look. And it's just this amazing, amazing environment of people. And have you ever felt anything like that? Because now you're kind of like, you've made the statement, you showed your personality And now you're saying, hey, do you have anything to contribute? When you just start off by asking the question without making a statement first, you're like saying, so what do you want to talk about and then what do you want to inject in the conversation that I can comment on? Just going back to the uh, example I gave earlier where instead of saying what kind of music do you like, you say you totally seem like the kind of girl who likes hip-hop. And then you wait for her answer and then she might say, yeah, I do. Or if she says hip-hop what makes you think i like hip-hop you can say well uh you just have that vibe to you i could just totally see you and you're like homegirls in the club dancing to beyonce going if you like it should have put a ring on it like shaking your butt all fucking loud and like now you just like totally change the vibe of the conversation had she had you said what kind of music do you like and she said I really like Pearl Jam, and then you're like, ah, Pearl Jam rules, and you slap her high five. Like, that's one kind of conversation. Yeah, you had the same kind of music. But when you kind of bring your own uh, personality into it and say, like, you know, make a statement, and then, you know, you get into that cold reading kind of back-and-forth flirtatious conversation, which is what your ultimate aim is anyway. So, yeah, that's a mistake that guys make. I just want to bring it to your attention is, Think statements and try to avoid questions as much as you can. The uh, next round of mistakes kind of involves flirting and how to take the small talk to that sexy level that I talked a little bit about that I go a lot more deeper into the uh, small talk tactics report. And that is very much has to do with the way you communicate with the woman. And the first thing, the first mistake guys make, and I've talked about this before, but it's something that you got to keep stressing because it's very counterintuitive. And that's the idea that women want fun, not funny. Now, let me repeat that. Women want fun, not funny. As guys, a lot of us, we just get so hung up on the idea of women want humor, you know, and we think like we got to be Chris Rock funny or we got to be like, Louis C.K. and come up with these amazing one-liners that have everybody in the group cracking up. When the truth is, is that women really don't appreciate humor the same way guys do. Like as a guy, and when we're with our friends, like we really, really like like an original joke. So like when we hear somebody and they came up with like a really good one-liner, like we give them like street credit for it. You know, like we all uh, subconsciously like acknowledge that he just came up with something really good. Women aren't like that though. They don't have that that same gene that us guys have of like wanting our humor to be like totally creative and original. Women just want it to be fun, and I learned that by watching guys who did the best with women and they were never never the funniest you know i was always like had this really witty sarcastic humor that sort of cut like a knife and often it just kind of scared women away because they'd have no clue because i delivered it so dryly that they'd look at me and they would no clue if i was joking or not and here there was guys that were making like knock knock jokes and and just kind of doing like playground humor with women And the women were just eating it up. And I'm sitting there going, but that's not even funny. What are you laughing at them for? 
and the girls don't give a shit. And, it, you know, like an idiot, I just bounce my head against the wall for years instead of just going, wait a minute, why am I trying to make women find me funny? Like, I'm trying to force my humor on them because I believe my humor is funny instead of just giving them what they want, you know? And once I realized that, it just totally transformed the flirtatious level you can get to with women when you realize that you don't have to try to make them see humor the same way you do. You just have to have fun with them. You know, just getting them that nervous giggle. That's what that's like the ideal thing you want is like that giggle from them, like where you're kind of picking on them. And I mean, just to use an example, my girlfriend is Colombian and she's got like an adorable Colombian accent. And I've been with her three years now and it never gets old imitating her accent. Never. It never gets old. I mean, I don't do it. It's not like I'm going to do it 24 hours a day, but anytime I bust out her, her accent, it, it just cracks her up. Like she, it, it just does not get old. And like you think to yourself, like if that was me doing that to my friend, it would just get old after like a few times of imitating them. But with her, it just never gets old. And that's how it is with women. It's just that simple, less intellectual playground humor that that really cracks them up and, and that's really what you want to do is concentrate on this idea of fun not funny the next thing which i've talked about briefly and i'm only going to talk about it briefly now because it warrants an entire podcast on its own is the idea of taking off your social mask this sort of relates back to the idea of assuming rapport that i talked about earlier how you know, when you first meet somebody, you put on the, like, this is our first time meeting kind of mask and you act a certain way. Well, taking off the mask is really like a, it means just that. It means take off that, that social mask you have on when you're first meeting somebody. You know, like that mask that makes you almost not want to curse when you're in front of a girl or, you know, you don't want to like say anything improper and you're like really paying attention to your grammar and, you know, you're just like, but who the fuck who's talking right now is this even me like you know you ever been in those conversations where you're talking to somebody and you're like talking about the weather and you're like what the, what the fuck the, the weather what am i talking about the weather for but it's just because we naturally have that mask that we wear around people that are outside of our comfort zone and what you want to do is get in the habit of taking that mask off because you can't experience true connection when you have that mask on and like I said, that's something that it's a whole topic on its own. But just to break it down in a way that is explainable is I've heard the phrase used cool vulnerability. And that's like a, a phrase you want to keep in mind is displaying almost a cool vulnerability to the woman you're talking to. And what this cool vulnerability means is that like most guys when they're talking to a girl, they're so worried, especially guys who came into the community and read things like demonstrate higher value and tell your stories. And, and most guys want to tell stories of how they're like driving in a Ferrari with two supermodels in the back seat and the two supermodels start fighting over them. So they had to pull the Ferrari over and the cops came and wanted to know why the supermodel. You know, it's like ridiculous. Like, all right, if that really happened, tell the story. But if it didn't really happen... You know, the girl's going to sense you're trying to make shit up. What I found works better for kind of creating a quick bond with a woman is to tell her like a story, like I said, cool vulnerability, something where you're sort of admitting something about yourself, but it's kind of dorky, but kind of cool. You know, you could be talking about like, uh, you know, let's say you're talking about pop culture or something and you're making fun of Tom Cruise, you know, and you could just say how 
after you saw the movie Risky Business, you went through a phase when you were growing up where you like ran around with your boxers on singing uh, old-time rock and roll in, in the house like Tom Cruise and Risky Business. You know, just something that's like kind of goofy but kind of cool and it like makes her think of you outside of this bar club environment. She's like, oh, that guy's, you know, you're letting her in on, on an area of your life you might not let somebody in on so quickly but by doing it, you're establishing a bond and that's what you want to do in, in with this idea of unmasking and that's, you know, that's as much as I want to talk about it right now because there's a few other things I want to get into. The next mistake that a lot of you make is that you don't have tactics ready. And I think a lot of this, especially guys who've been in the community as of late and have really felt the backlash against routines and openers and a lot of like people pushing this natural game mentality, they think that like, hey, I just got to go and wing it, you know? Well, winging it, you know, how's that worked out for you so far, huh? Like, that's all, that's that's my advice when people people say wing it. Well, if you've been winging it your whole life and it hasn't been working, then maybe you need some tactics. I think the bad, uh, the bad taste people have in their mouth for tactics is that with the whole the book, The Game, a lot of guys went out and they started using word for word all the routines from the game. They started stealing all the openers. They started using all this stuff that really wasn't theirs. And that's really not what I mean when I say no tactics. Tactics means know what works in a conversation. It doesn't mean steal somebody else's lines. It doesn't mean recite somebody else's jokes. It means know a formula for telling a joke. You know how what makes women hu- laugh. It means know ha- have a story ready. You know, people think like having a story ready is ready is like this uh, bad pickup creepy pickup thing. Is the best naturals I know. The guys that get the most women, they've figured that out in the fifth grade. That they, you know they could tell the same story to twenty different women, and every woman that hears it for the first time is going to be amused by it. You know, like they, they realize like, wait a minute, this story seems to get a good reaction out of women and they keep telling it. It's the guys that aren't good with women or they're just fucking idiots and they tell a story once, it goes over and then they never tell it again. And then they go out and they think, they hear, oh, you need routines and then they go on the internet and they try to find everybody else's story and then they start telling, you know, Tyler Durden's story or, you know, mystery story. Well, you have your own freaking stories. But you're only telling your own stories once, but you're telling everybody else's stories 20 times. Just realize like there's certain kind of stories that work for certain situations, and you have your own. There's certain tactics that you need to know. You know, you need to know tactics to take a conversation to a sexy level. You know, you need to know how to get to the fun. And that's really what I, I, I like to stem it all down to in a conversation is you need to get to the fun. When you're talking to a woman, you got to figure out the quickest way to get to the fun. Because once you're at the fun, it's very easy to get to the sexual. But you first got to get to the fun, and there's tactics that can do that. If you go to makesmalltalksexy.com and you download the Small Talk Tactics report, you will find a lot of techniques for getting to the fun very quickly. And I know I keep harping on this makesmalltalksexy.com site. But it's completely free. You're getting a free report, so you're not going to get there and, and, and be sold something. So don't worry about that. 
My point is, is that I put it together because I know that I couldn't cover everything in this podcast, and we're already we're already at like the 50-minute mark, so i got to start wrapping it up. But you can go there and get that. You'll learn some tactics. But just keep in mind, that's a mistake that you might be making is you don't have tactics ready, and you need tactics. You need tactics to take your conversation sexual. You need to know how to how to make something humorous, you know? Like humor, humor isn't just a, a guessing game. There's certain things that make women laugh. And when you know it, you can just pull it out randomly. There's tactics that do that. There's tactics that allow you to start touching her easier. There's tactics that create a sense of rapport, like that unmasking is, is sort of a tactic. You know, there's things that you can do. And you want to keep in mind that it's not bad to use tactics. It's not bad. It's not unnatural. It's not creepy. In fact, it's unnatural <laughs> to go around blindfolded trying to pick up women. That doesn't work. That's unnatural to keep doing something that doesn't work. So those are some of the big mistakes that you're making. You know, the fundamentals, taking it to a sexy level, and not knowing tactics. So what I want to do now is I want to talk about the first steps. So what are the first steps that you need to take to start improving your conversation, start making your small talk sexier, and start getting more results from the women you're talking to. Well, the first thing that you need to do is admit that this isn't going to get better on its own. Now, I I spent a lot of years thinking that time was going to do the trick. I kind of thought that as I got older that I would just naturally become a better conversationalist that you know like as you get older your 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 skill naturally improves. So I can tell you from experience it doesn't. In fact, it gets worse because the longer you put this off, the harder it is to change. The sooner you start working on this, the more you're going to get to enjoy life quicker, but it's also going to be easier to change because bad habits, they weigh you down more and more each year because you're reinforcing every year, every time you go out, it's just reinforcing a bad habit. I mean, like you go out tonight and you use the same old, same old stuff that you always use. It's just one more time that you're just sinking it in, that this is how I communicate, this is how I talk. You know, you got to break that pattern. You got to. You got to break it. You got to start installing new ways of communicating as soon as possible because the longer you wait, like I said, the harder it is to change. It. I mean, it's like learning a foreign language in a sense, that if you try to learn a foreign language when you're, three years old, it's a lot easier than trying to learn it at 30 years old. So, you know, get on this quickly. It's not going to get better on its own. Going to the gym and looking better and making more money and playing in your band and hoping you become famous isn't going to help the fact that you can't talk. And like I said earlier, talking is your highest leveraged activity. Talking and the, the ability to talk will take you further in life than anything else. Anything. You can count on that. It is the key to the universe. The next thing you want to do is you want to work on your small talk. Now, in the small talk tactics report, I gave you a couple examples of things you can use. Now, I also recently, I was hanging out with a pickup artist by the name of Rob Judge. And we did a short little video. We talked a little bit about this idea of creating rapport over creating a superficial rapport over pop culture and this means that you look for you look to use pop culture references to to bond over like you can kind of throw out like a tony the tiger reference to sort of get on the same level as her and that's just something very simple that you can go out and practice tonight 
when you're talking to a woman, practice using this pop culture rapport just as a way of communicating, you know, bring into the conversation like if you're describing somebody, use like an old 80s pop culture reference. It just It's just a new way of talking that's going to start to work better. Then the next thing you want to do is you want to create some go-to stories based on life experiences. So, you know, go through your life and think about some of the stories that you had that you told and they're really good stories and and kind of craft them a little bit. Go in and work on them. Make them better. Get better at telling them. Tell them to your friends again. Start telling them more and more and just get really good at telling the story. And what you can do is you can almost use these pop culture references to parlay into the story. You know, I know we talked about you don't need to transition. So, so you're talking about um, pop culture and you start talking about how your favorite TV show when you were growing up was Mr. Belvedere, right? And now you have this story that you want to tell about, you know, how you, uh, you had a butler when you were young and whatever. You just use something referenced from pop culture to kind of move into your story and let your story tell more things about yourself. And then what you want to do is you also want to make that small talk sexy by implementing flirtatious banter. Banter is just back and forth talking. It's like vibing with a woman. It's kind of like saying something like uh, imitating her. Like that example I gave earlier where I imitate my girlfriend. That's bantering. You're just like kind of making fun of her voice as she talks. Or you're just saying something a little slick. And, you know, that's what you want to do. Those are the first steps you want to take is you want to admit that the problem is going to get better on your own then you want to pick one area of conversation that you can just improve and you know an easy one like i said is to work on getting this superficial rapport using pop culture then you want to create a story that you have ready just one story for now that you can use and perfect and and work on it then get better at bantering with women bantering is ultimately what flirting is and you don't need to, to know how to do a lot of it. You only really need one good banter line. It kind of establishes you as, oh, he's that kind of guy. He gets it. That's ultimately what you're trying to show the girl is, hey, I get it. I know how it works. I know how this, I know the game that we're playing in this conversation because conversation is ultimately a game that you're playing with her. And you want to show her that you know the rules. You know how to play it. You know how to advance it. And you know how to get to the ultimate destination that you both want to get to. So the next question that I get asked is, can it be learned? Can conversation be learned? Can I really become a better conversationalist? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And you have to you have to keep in mind that it takes three things to get better. One is knowledge. You have to know what to do to get better. Two is you have to practice. There's no getting around that. And three is you have to evaluate what's working and what isn't working. So let's take a look at the three of them individually. Knowledge. Now, like I said earlier, when I was trying to get better at this, I was uh, spent my time reading inner game books and reading books on um, how to win friends and influence people and all these other books that were like based on attitude. And now attitude is important, but what what, what, you know, there was no, there's nothing, there was nothing out there that had the knowledge of a conversation dynamics of like, you know, what to say and, and why are you saying it and how do you do this and how do you do that? There was nothing out there. I mean, I actually, at one point, I bought three different books, all with the title of How to Talk to Anyone About Anything. Three different books, all with the same title. 
and none of them had the kind of information I wanted. And then when I found the the pickup community, I searched through there and you know, there's a lot of tidbits, a lot of little nuggets, but there wasn't any like one, you know, one defining book or one defining CD or anything that had everything that I wanted to, you know, all the knowledge I needed to know. So what you want to do is you want to get this knowledge. I'm giving you some of it here. There's some of it in, in the MakeSmallTalkSexy.com, the free report I'm giving out, and I'm going to tell you about something else in a second. But the second thing I want to talk about is practice. Now, once you have the knowledge, you need to practice. There's no getting around that. You, you can learn everything, but if you don't go out and use it, it doesn't count. Now, there's certain ways to practice that get results quicker than other ways. And I think that's something that's never talked about in the, you know, the dating advice community, the pickup artist community is how to practice. Everybody says go out and practice. Go out and practice. Well, you know what? If you're not practicing the right way, it doesn't work, you know? That's uh, something that's not talked about is that if you're practicing the wrong, if every time you go out to talk to women, you're reinforcing these bad conversation habits then you're just reinforce. you're just practicing the wrong thing. So you want to be practicing the right thing. And you want to be practicing it in like a low-pressured environment. In, you know, not like on a Friday night when you are desperately in need of some tail, you know. You're, it's too high-pressured. You want to practice on like a day-to-day basis, you know. You, need, you want a good practice routine. And the third thing you want to be doing is evaluating everything that's working, what's not working. So I told you earlier to create, you know, to to find one good story that you can go out and use. Well, if you go out and use that story, evaluate what kind of reaction that story gets. If every time you go out to use it, you're not getting any reaction, you're you're seeing eyes rolling and, you know, girls are yawning, then stop telling the freaking story or get better at telling it or, you know, realize what's working and what's not working. I mean... Like I said earlier with this fun versus funny thing, I was in oblivious. Like I had my sharp, sarcastic humor and it wasn't working. Like I was cracking myself up saying half the shit I was saying to these girls, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. And I was just not about if I had stopped and evaluated that, hey, wait a minute, you're making yourself laugh, but the girls are just kind of getting annoyed by you. I would have stopped. So you want to constantly be evaluating what you're doing and, and finding out if it's working or not. So yes, you need the knowledge, you need the practice, and you need the evaluation. So how can you get the knowledge? For, the, for those of you who just need a couple quick tactics to make your conversations more sexy and fun, head over to MakeSmallTalkSexy.com and grab your free copy of the Small Talk Tactics Report. Now, I also know there are some of you who are like I was and feel almost helpless and hopeless about your lack of conversation skills. I know that feeling well, and I know how frustrating it is when you just can't seem to find anyone that can talk to the issues that you're dealing with, the issues that you're having. I spent years searching for answers on how to talk better, how to improve my conversations, and I never found what I was looking for. So over the past month, I've been working with five of the top pickup artists in the world, and we've been working on putting together a master class that focuses entirely on the nuts and bolts of conversation, on how to keep a conversation flowing, how to create these fun, vibing conversations, how to overcome common pitfalls and obstacles. Basically, what I did is I took the hundreds of questions and frustrations I faced for years and I designed a program that would specifically target these issues. 
I wanted to make the definitive guide for talking to women, and I wanted to cover all three aspects. It's designed to provide you with the knowledge, the exact practice routines that work, and also specific ways to evaluate what's working and what isn't. The program is called Conversation Escalation, and it will be released in the next week. That's Conversation Escalation. In the meantime, I want to know what specific questions or frustrations you're facing in your conversations. Shoot me an email with any of your questions or suggestions at bobby at tsbmagazine.com. Grab a copy of your Small Talk Tactics report at makesmalltalksexy.com and start practicing tonight.